Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast, presented by SeatGeek. You'll hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and writers that cover the NFL on a daily basis. The New Orleans Saints podcast starts right now. Here's your host, Aaron Summers. Happy Monday and happy Halloween. Welcome to the Saints podcast. I'm Aaron Summers. The Saints took a 24-0 win over the Las Vegas Raiders Sunday at the Superdome. It was the first shutout in the Dome since December 16, 2012, when the Saints beat the Bucks 41-0. The team played with energy from the opening kick, shutting down the Raiders on their first drive, and then scoring an 11-play, 84-yard drive with a minute left in the first quarter. Momentum seemed to build from there. Running back Alvin Kamara had 158 total scrimmage yards, 62 on the ground, 96 receiving, and three touchdowns on the day. I think after the Arizona game, you know, I said what I said. Everybody pretty much echoed and and agreed, you know. uh, I mean, some of the things we were doing weren't up to par with, you know, how we played around here in the past couple of years. So, you know, during the week, I think that was in everybody's head and it showed during practice. Um, You know, we had a great week of practice um, and we came out here and we wanted to Start fast, you know, um, started fast, got on them early. And man, it's just when you get rolling like that and, and, and are able to kind of just impose their will, it, 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 it means a lot. So just moving forward, I think we, we if we can keep doing that, we will be where we want to be. The win puts the Saints at three and five on the season, tied for second in the NFC South. Let's bring in NOLA.com's Jeff Duncan to talk about the win and what felt different on the field Sunday. Jeff, thank you so much for joining me on the New Orleans Saints podcast this Monday morning after a great Saints win. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Aaron. Uh, you know, we were talking before we came on. It's uh, much better to talk after a win than a loss. Uh, I know we're supposed to be objective in my world, but, uh, you know, over the years, I've learned that, uh, man, it makes uh, better work go better during the week. Uh, everybody's happier at the supermarket. Just New Orleans is so entranced with the Saints uh, that it seems like everybody's in a better mood after they win. It's a real thing. And just in general, I think the the vibe around the city is better when they win. And also the Pelicans got to win. So I think everyone's in a, a doubly great mood this morning. Speaking of that win, going into the game, did you expect that type of performance from both sides of the ball? No, I thought it might be a shootout, Aaron. Like I thought we might have another like Seahawks type game. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect the defense to just, I mean, much less a shutout, but to completely dominate. I mean, that's a good Raiders offense and nobody's beaten the Raiders this year. I know they came in two and four, but no one's beaten them like that. I mean, every game they've been in, including at Kansas City in prime time. I mean, they took the Chiefs who or one of the best teams in the league, took them down to the wire. So I did not anticipate that. But, you know, this is what the Saints players and coaches have been talking about all all the way back to preseason. You know, when we were in training camp, we kept hearing the potential of this team, and it hadn't manifested itself for various reasons during the season, but it kind of all came together for them uh, on Sunday. And uh, we see, I think, the potential of this team going forward. Now, the, the key, and what I liked yesterday most of all, was what I heard from the players and coaches afterward. Nobody had their head in the clouds. They realized they're three and five, and they know, hey, that we're this is just one game. We're going forward here. Can we replicate this going forward? I think that's the big challenge. There's a lot of talk about this is great, but this is something that we need to make sure we bring this type of mentality 
this, the work ethic, the attention to detail and do every game going forward, because yes, they're still in it and they want to reproduce this type of performance, not just have it be this, this one-time blip. You mentioned the Raiders and how well they've been doing. They were the, one of the top scoring offenses in the league coming into this game. And then to absolutely be shut out with somebody like Josh Jacobs, who let's see, he got 43 yards on the ground, which is a hundred yards below his average. (laughs) (laughs) And then Devontae Adams, he only had one catch and it was only for three yards. So the type of production or the limited amount of production was, was great. What stood out to you about the saints defensively? Well, it was really simple, Aaron, Uh, you know, and I think Dennis Allen talked about it afterwards. Uh, You know, I watch every game multiple times, uh, for the Saints. I'll watch it usually three times at least. And what I've noticed is not that usual intensity from the Saints defense. Yesterday we saw it. I mean, the very first series you saw it. I mean, the first play, I think Jacobs went left and Alante Taylor shook off his block, dropped him for a one-yard loss. And what I love most, this is like a little intangible thing, but I noticed these kind of things. His teammates all swarmed him. They were all congratulating him. You could just see the body language and the enthusiasm was going to be there. I mean, they were setting a tone early that they were going to be flying to the ball, all 11 guys running to the ball carrier with that energy and effort. And uh, it it showed. I mean, they, they had that for the entire game. And sometimes it's it's just that simple, right? I mean, just just the effort in, in running to the football defensively. And, again, I think it all, also everything starts for the Saints up front. And I thought the defensive line had their best game of the year. They, they shut down the run, like you mentioned, with Josh Jacobs. That's where it starts with the Raiders. And then that allowed them to kind of tee off on Derek Carr. Once they got the pass rush going, he started moving around the pocket, and that's not what he wants to do. He wants to be stationary. And and I knew once they started getting him moving around, it was going to be a long day for him. That's when the sacks definitely started piling up back-to-back sacks Mm -hmm. on the same drive. I think there's four total. So it was definitely a good performance for for both the secondary, I think, and the, the front. We saw another interception with Tyron Matthew getting that deflection that Pete Werner was able to get a hand on. That was really good to see. It seemed like every single player on the defense contributed to this win today or yesterday. And it's what, as you mentioned, we've been looking for is just the complete team effort. We've seen moments of it throughout the season, but I feel like this one, they just kind of continued to build off of each other as the game went on. There are a couple of players. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you could see kind of the confidence building. Like you mentioned, as the game went on, they started playing more fearless, a little more reckless, you know, and that's the Saints defense that I'm used to seeing. Uh, Just very aggressive in the the offensive player's face, on the perimeter. Uh, We just hadn't seen enough of that this year. I don't know where it was at. I mean, we saw it in flashes, but it was there from the get-go yesterday. And I think that's how you have to play defense. I think that's the formula for this Saints team. I think it has to start defensively uh, because I think we know what the Saints offense is going to be. We, we saw it yesterday. It was the right formula for them. But defensively, this is where they have to dominate. Now, they're not going to shut everybody out, but that same kind of effort and intensity, I think, has to be has to be brought every, every weekend. I think what was interesting is the way that Elante Taylor's come in. He's been hurt, and the past two starts that he's gotten, he's been really effective. Especially he had the first big play in the game. And as you mentioned, everybody 
you know, rushes over to him. It seems like he's brought a little bit different energy or a spark to the defense. I could not agree more. I mean, I know they've been high on him all season, all off season. They love his mentality. Uh, you know, the stage isn't too big for him. We hear that phrase a lot, but it's true with him. He's mm-hmm. he's not overwhelmed by being out there man to man with Devontae Adams, you know, a superstar receiver. Uh, matter of fact, he's very aggressive about it. And I think that's exactly how the Saints want him to play. And if you're a Saints fan, now you've got to be really encouraged, assuming Marshawn Lattimore gets back at some point. I mean, he's your number one shutdown corner, one of the top guys in the league. Now you're looking at him, Paulson Adebo, who also thought played well yesterday. Mm-hmm. And now the way Taylor's come on, it helps mitigate that loss of Bradley Roby, uh, the injury he had where he had to be put on short-term IR. Now you feel really good about your top three corners. They're all three Saints kind of defensive backs, real big, physical uh, aggressive guys, uh, and that's going to, I think, be a huge uh, benefit for them going forward because they're going to play some great receivers coming up in the next few weeks. We were able to say the name Peyton Turner in a positive way multiple times yesterday, David Onyemata, yeah. and even Contavia Street, somebody that probably hasn't been talked about a lot. But I think those players all kind of stepped up their game yesterday. What did you like about them? Yeah, look, I, I think they got challenged a little bit, Aaron. It, it sounded like reading between the lines, listening to the coaches and players, that that defensive line got challenged and they responded. I agree. They they got contributions from a number of players. I mean, Peyton Turner with two sacks, he came into the game with one career sack. So for him, and, we, and we've seen him all along in training camp, in the offseason, you can see the potential. There's a reason they took him in the first round. And I think we saw that yesterday. And, and man, that's got to be a confidence builder for him. He's a great kid. Uh, you know, he's had some injury issues and it's been unfortunate. But I try to caution people, don't write off big men quickly. I mean, over the years I've covered the team, these big guys sometimes take a little while to develop. I mean, even Cam Jordan, people forget this rookie year, he had one sack the whole year. He was a first-round draft pick. He had one sack. And look how he's turned out. He's a Hall yeah. of Famer. So, yeah. You have to give these defensive linemen sometimes a little time to develop and don't write them off quickly. And I think Peyton Turner is going to end up being a big-time player for this team down the stretch. And I agree with you on Street as well. Street's a guy that I know Ryan Nielsen really likes, and uh, he's a very versatile player. And to see him and Onyemata start to make some contributions, that's much needed for this defense. They've got to get some interior production, and they got it yesterday. How mad is Cam Jordan going to be that he had to share that sack with Street? <laughs> well, we're going to hear about that. I mean, we hear it all the time, Cam. But that's his that's his like competitiveness. That's what yeah. I love about him. You know, he he's he's not a me guy. But uh, I mean, what would it be if if Cam wasn't talking about a sack total and and having to lose it to a teammate? I mean, it seems like that happens every game. He's he's so funny about it too. He's so nonchalant. He doesn't necessarily say he's upset about it. He just kind of throws it into the conversation. Like, yeah, you know, like it should have just been me. I should have just had the full sack. But you know, they're they're going to be nice and give half of it to somebody else. And right. Like, okay. How how do you really feel about this, Cam? Because it sounds like it's bugging you. Yeah. But- trust me. He knows every sack number. I remember asking him in, in camp once about the hall of fame and what, you know, if he considered, you know, himself a hall of fame worthy player. Uh-huh. And of course he nonchalantly was like, you know, I don't even think about that. And then he proceeded to trot off like every sack total of every defensive end that's in the hall of fame ahead of him. Exactly. Uh, so exactly. Tr- yeah, that's, that's Cam Jordan. He's, he's quietly behind the scenes in the record books. Well, because he did get that half sack, he's now sacked 28 of 31 league opponents in his career. So 
It's 44th player, Derek Carr, the 44th player that he has sacked. So, he, I mean, he's, wow. yeah, he definitely has a good reason to keep track of those totals because he's you know, dominating in that facet. We talked a lot about the defense offensively. They named Andy Dalton, the quarterback for the foreseeable future. He kind of acted like, yeah, I mean, I've been the quarterback. I'm just going to kind of keep doing what I'm doing and it's been working. We've been doing well. I think because the defense played so well, it really stood out how well the offense has been playing, especially with the way that they're able to get Alvin Kamara going in the game the way that he did. Finally getting into the end zone and doing it three times, he definitely played with a little more, I don't know, I don't want to say swagger because he's he said you can't right. say swagger for one game, but he definitely looked like he was feeling it yesterday. Yeah, I mean, you could see it on that second touchdown, the spike he made. I mean, that, mm -hmm. that was pretty emphatic, right? And I'm sure he wanted to get in the end zone. I'm sure his fantasy football owners were happy he got in the <laughs> end zone uh, because he hadn't scored all year. But I think there was concerted effort. It's pretty clear to get him the ball. I think at one point he had, he had the ball 16 of the Saints' first 36 plays. So I think Pete Carmichael and offensive staff decided, hey, we got to get the hands of, uh, get the ball in the hands of this guy, Taysom Hill. Crystal Lave, those are the main playmakers right now with with Jarvis Landry and Mike Thomas sideline, and they force fed the ball to to their best players. That's smart football, and and what I think was even more impressive, Aaron, was the the offensive line. I thought had their best game of the year. The Saints were never really behind the chains. I think they only had two plays when I was just doing my my film study. Two plays of negative yardage, and each one was just a one yard loss. So they were never really in bad down and distance situations. They hardly committed any penalties. I think it was their lowest penalty total of the year. It was only the second game all year. They hadn't committed a turnover. So we see what, what this offense can be like when they don't shoot themselves in the foot, when they're when they're playing like on schedule, as they say. Uh, they can utilize that running game, and that's the strength of this team. And then Dalton, I thought, played extremely well, exactly the way they needed to play, uh, smart, efficient. Had to When he had to make a throw, he made it. Uh, but they're not having to lean on him to, you know, come from behind. You, you, that's just not the way they want to play. And so I think they found the formula now. Uh, there's no question offensively. They're very, if they're efficient like that, they could they could be in almost every game they play. Is this something that you think they can recreate every week with the high usage of AK splashing in some Taysom Hill, Chris Olave, Rashid Shahid got in on the action, finally a touch that wasn't a touchdown. Unfortunately, <laughs> they can't all be touchdowns, but it was good to right. see them get used more as well. Oh, I definitely think they could replicate. I actually think the potential is much greater because we, we still are seeing this team play without their two best receivers or their two most uh, accomplished receivers. And Adam Troutman's a very good player, too, that's also been sidelined. And he's a big key to their running game. And I think when he comes back, he's going to add to that Taysom Hill package. So I think the offense can certainly get better. And Trevor Pinning, the young rookie left tackle, who's who's an excellent player, also will be coming back at some point this month. So uh, I think this offense can – I think this is what they're going to be, though, Aaron. I think I think everybody gets caught up, and we all got caught up, I think, in the offseason when they when they drafted Chris Olave and brought in Jarvis Landry. We knew Mike Thomas was coming back. Everybody thought, oh, my gosh, this, this is going to be, uh, you know, the, the Drew Brees days of, of yore and – that's not how they're going to operate. I mean, they're going to they're going to be just like they were yesterday, just like you said, a little bit of Kamara, a little bit of Taysom Hill. Lean on that offensive line that played so well yesterday, 
and be efficient in the running and the passing game. I noticed yesterday of of uh, Andy Dalton's 30 pass attempts, 23 of them were 10 yards or shorter. So, you know, short passing game, move the chains, much like Drew Brees was late in his career. And, you know, they will be happy if they're scoring in the in the mid to high 20s. Uh, and I think they feel comfortable winning a game in the low, low 20s. But it's not going to be, uh, you know, this 30, 40 point scoring outburst. That's just not how they're going to they're going to play offensively. I don't think they feel comfortable doing that. And they haven't had to do that because the defense has generally played right. so well, which obviously we saw that kind of click yesterday. Hopefully that's something that continues to happen. Dalton said, you know, he didn't feel like he even got, he didn't get sacked. Didn't feel like he got a lot of pressure. Didn't feel like he was ever really touched. So to your point about the offensive line, definitely had a good game for them. Who would be your MVPs on both sides of the ball? Well, I'd have to say Alvin Kamara yesterday offensively, just because he was, he wasn't just a factor. You know, we all know what he could do receiving. Uh, he was great on those choice routes. Those were huge plays uh, in a game where there were short passes that he ran after the catch. He's also really good running the ball, getting like seven, six yards. Those are huge gains on first down to where all of a sudden you're second and three or second and four. Those are hard, you know, gains to get because the defense knows you're going to run usually in that situation. So I thought he had that breakout game. You could see it in his body language. And then defensively, I mean, I thought it was more of a collective effort. I, I really I, I couldn't single out anybody. I guess you could say they're – their, their young corners, Paulson Adebo and Alante Taylor, that kind of combined to hold down Devontae Adams, that was huge. Without Marshawn Lattimore, I was really worried. that, uh, And that's been, a, been kind of an ugly trend this year is that in the past, this defense has taken away the best player on the offense. It's been something that they've kind of prided themselves on. And it hadn't been the case this year. We've seen, like, Justin Jefferson have a big game. Mm-hmm. Cordero Patterson had a huge game against them. They've had some guys have big games. And this time they did exactly uh, what they wanted to do. They took away Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams and really Derek Carr had nowhere else to go. And it showed in his performance. Looking at the NFC South, the Falcons are atop, which I don't think anybody would have assumed that, that would be the case um, no. into this season at any point that they would be leading the NFC South. How much of a chance do you think the saints have to overtake that spot and, you know, maybe be the NFC South champions at the end of this? Well, if, if they play like they did Sunday, I mean, anything's possible. I, I, I think here's one thing I would say, reason for encouragement. I was looking at the stats this morning, and I'm, I'm not ne- necessarily a big stats guy, but I think at this point of the season, we're now, you know, eight, eight games in, you start to see some trends, who's good and who's not. The Saints are one of three teams, Aaron, that's in the top 10 in total offense and total defense. The other two, are the Eagles and the Bills, who are probably recognized as two of the yeah, not bad company. Three or four. <laughs> yeah, that's good company, right? I mean, those are the best teams in the league right now. So you can see this potential here, and and the schedule that we all thought, and it's it's really important to note. You know, when we look at the schedule before the season, lots of times it doesn't materialize on you know once they start playing on paper, it doesn't materialize. Mm-hmm. Some of these teams that we all thought were going to be very difficult. Suddenly, you know, those teams are having struggles too. Look at uh, look at the Rams, the defending Super Bowl champions. They're they're kind of reeling right now. The Bucks are kind of reeling. So I think they're very much in this thing. And I think Atlanta, one of the great things for the Saints is the fact they've already beaten them on their field yep. and they've got to come to New Orleans. 
so I think that's a huge advantage for the Saints as well. They just got to keep the blinders on, not worry about it. And, and, and I, almost every player said that yesterday. Uh, worry about their own house, farm their own land, if you will. Mm-hmm. And uh, once the, some of these key players start coming back, I think this thing could really take off and they could go on a run. We had a little mini buy before this last game. We have an extra day now ahead of the next game playing Monday night football against the Baltimore Ravens. Do you think that that will be just an added benefit heading into this game? It's going to be a tough matchup. Yeah, look, it's the first primetime game at home this year. I thought the Dome yesterday, I was a little worried before the game. It felt a little sleepy. You know, it was a noon game. Yeah, and it like, did. I did feel like there were a lot of Raiders fans there, too. Yeah, big time. I saw them around town over the weekend. They travel well. So I was a little worried. But you could tell that the Saints leaders had talked about that, to come out with energy and enthusiasm. I thought the crowd was really good yesterday. And, and I know they're going to be amped for that Ravens game. That's a huge game. I mean, the Ravens are playing well. They're extremely well coached. It's going to be a big challenge for the Saints defensively to stop Lamar Jackson and that running attack. So, but I, I think the Saints have to have built some confidence with the way they played defensively against the Raiders. And I expect them to play with that same energy and effort against the Ravens. So I think that's a definitely winnable game. I think you make a great point. A little extra time maybe to heal up some of these key guys, even if they get a couple of them back. And mm-hmm. like, like it happened yesterday, Andres P coming back was big. He played very well at left guard. So, uh, you know, you get a couple of those key guys back. It gives the staff a little more time to work on the game plan, which I thought they had a great game plan on both sides of the ball against the Raiders. Using that extra time, it, it probably paid off for them. So they could, even if they don't win, as long as they play well, I think that's what you want to see. You want, I mean, look at some of these games now, just looking back at them. They don't look so bad now. The, the Vikings now are 6-1. and one. That game was a, a 50-50 right. point toss game. You know, the Bengals are a very good team, and that game could have gone either way. So you start to look back on those games, you're like, well, you know, that wasn't so bad. That game could have gone either way. So you see the the Saints' potential. Definitely. I think that now, after a win, seeing the progress on both sides of the ball, things do feel a lot better. It's easier to look back at some of those games with a a positive outlook. I hope that we do get a couple players back, that the Dome is rocking again on Monday night. Uh, I appreciate you joining me on the podcast today. Great insight on the game yesterday and what we can expect going forward. Yeah, let's get get the Pelicans going too. You yeah. know, we get we get those double double wins like that. The city should be uh, rocking and feel even uh, more alive than it already is. I know, and we have a chance next Monday. The Pels do play again at the same time at Indiana, so we could do it again. Get two wins in one day. I'm I'm definitely. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait to Friday night with the Warriors defending champs yep. coming in. I mean, that's going to be an electric atmosphere. I'll be there for that. So, yeah, it could be a great weekend here in New Orleans sports-wise. Yeah, and this is what we kind of thought we we were looking forward to this season. I think we thought both teams were going to be doing really mm-hmm. well, and it's going to be fun times here, especially on the sports side of things here in New Orleans. So, yeah, feels good. Just ready to keep it rolling. Yeah, well, something to build on yesterday, no doubt about it. Best performance of the season for the Saints. They came out of it pretty healthy, which mm-hmm. has been rare. And uh, let's see if they can get some of these guys back and uh, really get this ball rolling, get on a roll here. It happens to some teams every year in the NFL. Somebody gets hot about midseason, goes on a roll, and I, I think the Saints could be that team. Definitely. Well, thank you again. I appreciate it. And I will see you soon, probably. Yeah. See you <laughs> down the road, Aaron. Thanks for having me on.
Great stuff from Duncan. With the game Monday, the Saints will push their typical schedule back a day with practices Thursday through Saturday. We'll have practice reports those days along with our podcast Wednesday and Friday. Until then, have a safe and happy Halloween. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on NewOrleansSaints.com, the Saints mobile app, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek.